Well, another night. Footy's done. Well, it's not done. It's back on. We're currently watching it. It's it's <laughs> weird getting a yeah. Uh, <laughs> back on now. It's weird getting another another dose of footy on a Wednesday night. But uh, tonight is a special night for Caesar and the Publican. We've uh, we've got our very first guest, and uh, a guest that uh, goes a long way back in the footy circles in South Australia. But uh, one that me personally I've known for a while. And uh, James Fantasia joins us. And how are you, mate? How you been? I'm well, Luke. That'd be good to see you, mate. Yeah, you uh, too, mate. It's, uh, I'm, it's I'm glad you said that because you know it's funny when you when you think about it. I mean, we, we've uh, known each other for probably 25 years <laughs> now. It's bloody ridiculous. Um, uh, but yeah, and and, uh, and it's a pleasure, mate. And your family and the whole, you know, you, even your background in the whole thing is incredible. So uh, yeah, I was only saying to Danny when we said we'd get you on. I said it'll be a bit different from the the boxing days of <laughs> rocking up and <laughs> smoking a few darts through the day and getting lacquered. But it's uh, good on it's good. But um, mate, it's it's been it's been a while since uh, since you've been in the AFL game. Obviously, been back at Nord for a bit now. Yeah, so I I um, had about nineteen years, I think, in the AFL system. Uh, roughly, you know, twelve years with Adelaide and six or seven with. Um, Western Bulldogs, and then, a year, and then just under a year with with Hawthorne, um, and and even prior to that, I was lucky enough to, you know, have some experiences like with State of Origin footy, for example, mm. where uh, you know you were the uh, football manager for those programs, and um, so wouldn't you love seeing that back again? Like, oh, I'd love to see it. I yeah. mean, I, I got to tell you, even even uh, I mean, I'm a bit biased, I guess, because you know I'm a I'm a football um, uh, fanatic, I suppose, mm. in a sense. So I, I just used to. L- at those games, and you're sitting on the bench, and I remember one night we're playing South South Australia versus Western uh, Victoria MCG. It is just it's just that light rain all night, you know, slippery as the, the ball is like a cake of soap. Mate, I don't think I've seen a more uh, faster game in that in those conditions. Mm. And I remember Brent Harvey who won the medal that night. It was like you would have sworn it was a uh, a dry. As dry a day as you could have got. Didn't he have like thirty touches or something like that? And, and, and he, he loved playing against the South Australian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't matter it didn't whether matter. it was Adelaide, yeah. Port Adelaide, or South Australia. <laughs> yeah. Just loved it. So I just remember being in awe, um, sitting and watching those games. Uh, just the ele- the uh, electricity of yeah. it, you know, the, the high level, uh, the tempos, and and of course, you know, it's a bit more aggressive back then too. Um, even though. It's a good point. They had the passion, didn't they? I was going to say, well. back then, remember, we didn't play quite as defensive a, a brand of footy yeah. anyway, uh, even at that mm. level. And, and in particular with the, you know, state footy, it was all about kicking goals and, and, the, and the, you know, the forward movement yeah. was always the, the key. Um, so it was fascinating and uh, I miss it, but, but I, I also know that it was really difficult navigating that, at that time because I remember, um, you know, dealing with every AFL club they just did not want to release their players, yeah. and it was so it's such a big deal. Um, they give you like a list of demands that this player had to do this or absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And some they just literally we we would, um, you know, we'd have to push to to yeah. get doctor bloody um, you know clar- clarifications yeah. and sign offs because they would uh, try and do everything to not to release the players. And the irony, of course, was the players players wanted to play. Ninety nine percent of the time, uh, the players were just so keen to play it. Um, so yeah, look, it was. Uh, Great era for us, mm. uh, certainly in my, my time, because we won more than we lost. Oh. And, and that was pretty unusual, you know, um, through the years. And one, one in particular, uh, I think 1965 uh, was the only time that South Australia had beaten Victoria, MCG. And uh, now it's, what, 1983. And didn't, that, didn't they come home to like a... No, sorry, uh, 93. 
Wasn't there people at the airport, like a huge array yeah, of people waiting for him? Like it was that big. Well, so how good was it that, you know, it's some 35 years later, uh, we, we do it again, and, and you have uh, guys like Harry Kernahan, who was uh, in the, in the in 65 the side. side, and you've got Stephen Kernahan, he's in the 93 side. It was just a, yeah, it was a very special uh, occasion, I, 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 remember, say. I was I was in my... Very, what, eight, nine, ten when the state of origin was still big. Yeah. And I look back at it and see young kids these days, they really they don't they don't understand it because they probably they then they probably won't. They see the rugby league and think the oh yeah, state of origin. But South Australia, Victoria, I remember going to Footy Park as a kid. It was just electric mm. and you can still remember that. And it does burn that we Probably yeah, we won't see it again for a long time. No, or I can't. Or I mean, look, they might do an exhibition type yeah, thing at, at time, but it won't have the same flavour, I don't think, as, as it once did. Um, and the other thing, of course, uh, I, you know, as, as, a, as a young bloke growing up myself, um, the odd game would be uh, they used to play like uh, what they call national champion games, yeah. or team nationals, and uh, whoever won the premiership would go and play against the other teams. So, you know, to see Norwood play oh, a Carlton right. yeah. or a... Uh, or a Port Adelaide play against uh, like the Champions League type Geelong. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it was it was kind of a it was quite interesting. Yeah, though, and um, it's good. Fox, just, Foxtel tried to get that up. And they did go and they did Foxtel they Cup. Oh, that's they right. did. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Did Westies win it? Definitely, definitely played in it. Yeah, they, they played were, the final. And, I know that. And yeah. they were bottom. It was meant to be the top three sides, but Central, <laughs> that's right. Central, Central, Central didn't want to be in it. Yeah, Central didn't want to be a part of yeah. it. So Westies. So you know, look, I think there's a place for it, and. You know, I hope it's not just a sentiment. You know, that mm. sometimes you you sometimes got to check yourself that you're not this want to be this old bloke who just got the old school thinking and yeah. that's it. You want to be progressive, but I, I honestly believe. Uh, and and I think the other thing was, you got to remember as a young bloke, I had the I had an enormous opportunity uh, to play state football. So I played as a 16 year old and then as an 18 year old through the um, carnival. Yeah, the carnivals in and that. this carnival. Yeah, and. Um, and the players that I played against, uh, with and against, who have become mates for my whole life, yeah. that, that, that in itself is so special. And, and you miss out sometimes by not having, you know, that uh, crossover. Yeah. And, um, and when you talk to guys who have represented Australia and gone on a, those Australia tours and things, they, they, they don't necessarily always talk about the games. And, and it's a hybrid game anyway, the but they, they'll the talk trip. about the trip. And they'll oh, talk yeah. about and, the, and how they got like to know. And, and now they're great mates and... Well, that, we made a special got, part got of some old blokes that they never liked. Correct. Well, yeah. bo- my mate Borchy. Really sure about. Yeah, yeah. My mate Borchy, um, Andrew Andrew Borchard, so Ian Borchard's son. Yeah, yeah. He was oh, on. Yeah, he was on the. Uh, I think the Gold Coast one night. And he bumped into Luke Power and started chatting to him. And he said, "Oh, my brother's." Uh, he said, oh, "Mate, my mate's Goodie's brother." He said, "Oh, that prick left me." Somewhere in, in Ireland at some nightclub, I had no idea. And he said, he went back to the hotel, but I got lost because I didn't know where I was. And he said, I'll never forgive him. Well, you know, I think about it too. I mean, uh, you know, on a personal level, I went to Ireland a number of times for, for different chips when I was recruiting. Um, but I got to meet uh, the, the, the young men that were playing, you know, 16, 17, you know, like a Selwood or a, yeah. but even a, a, a Kane Corns and an Alan Didak and a, they're all young 16, 17-year-olds, gone on to have these incredible careers. I remember Cameron Ling, for example, um, the, 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 what you've got to see at that age mm. and how Joel Selwood was an incredible man, big young man, because 
he um, was in a group that was just full of incredible players. And when you think back at it now, when you look back at it, look back at but shit. he was at that time. He was like a standout young man. Like he, he actually in that group, you could see he had leadership qualities. So those type of trips, I, I um, found absolutely incredibly important as a recruiter. Mm. The insights you got were so important. And not only Was that, that the under-18s, the under all-Australian yeah, well, side? The, the, or? What they used to do with those ones, uh, if you, the under-16 championships, they'd pick an Australian team mm. and they would go and play against an in, a, a hybrid game, you know, the international rules, and either one year they'd go to Ireland and the next year the Irish kids would come out yeah. and play here. It's just a great experience. Um, but the, the other great thing was that half their families would go as well. Yeah. So here, here you would be, you know, your recruiting manager. They're saying the You've best, the best in kids the country, in the, in the yeah. land. You get to spend two weeks with them uh, really closely, living in hotels mm. and, and their families as well. Good so you, family mate, and th- you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in the in AFL to be a recruiter to get that information. Yeah. And here you are, it's on a platter. And, and, and I used to kind of half laugh because the natural reaction is, oh, you're on a junket and it's all that. But, <laughs> and, and, and don't get me wrong, whenever I did, I made sure I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Hundred percent, you know. Just tasted the local, the local but, ale. But don't don't ever underestimate how important it was too, just to have those insights and and uh, that that kind of genuine feel as to what the, that that person was. And uh, as I said, that that's a critical part for that that recruiting mm. caper. And um, I found them priceless. Yeah. yeah. When you talk about Selwood, uh, Selwood, and how they had those leadership qualities, do you reckon he is now kind of debunking the myth of? Someone did his knee. He's going to slide down the order now. They look at the Selwood where, if people would realise how good he was, they would have gone. I think he could have done his knee twice. We still would have taken him. Well, it's funny you say that, Luke, because the, here's here's the thing: the year that he was to be drafted, so he went away to, as an under sixteen year old, got chosen in that side, and was outstanding. And this is the classic: that year he did his knee. Yeah. So he ended up missing. He played three games for that year that he got drafted. So that's why he slid out. I think he got picked at number six. Yeah. But the truth, and, and good on, you know, like, Wellesie was right across it, trust me, and he's a Don't star. Don't worry, we went through... Wellesie's a star. We went through the year Pav got drafted, and we'll come back to that. Yeah, but yeah. that year, Geelong snared, what was it, Enright? Ling, Joel Corey. Joel Corey. Yeah, and, and sometimes... <laughs> yeah, and, and Chapman. When, Chapman. And when clubs have those, uh, those opportunities, and, and you get it right... Mate, it's just such, it, it's amazing how it sets you up, yeah. and um, and you don't know at the time, but often that's how it works. Mm. So, um, and I'm a big fan of Steve Wells. He's a he's a genuine, you know, he, he knows what he's doing, mm. um, and and like Steve's got him wrong as well, but he's got a bloody lot right. Yeah, and that's part. That's where I look at the, the you know the swings and roundabouts as mm. I as I call them. I think Daniel Foster from Port Lincoln was a, was the only bloke that Geelong took about the year that. Really didn't go on. <laughs> it didn't be a three hundred game yeah, premiership. Yeah, and I remember, I remember that young man, and he was a bloody good footballer. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He had lots to offer, yeah. and you know, and sometimes it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah. And there's lots of reasons why. I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily it's a recruiter's opinion. Yeah, it's it's, right. it's uh, some things that happen that are out well outside their control. Yeah. But equally, you know, I'm not saying that that you abstain from get, you know the recruiter was abstained from getting them wrong. Uh, but there's so many other factors, you know. Uh, Look, we can get into that de- that debate um, <laughs> about where that all sits, but uh, you know, I've got a philosophical a, a yeah. view on it, and you know, I always took the approach that we were in it together. Mm. So um, I, I've never really, I suppose, if I had a a, um, a bitterness about AFL footy or all my roles in uh, as a recruiter and all those things, the only bitterness I get is that 
um, the people uh, and, and, in, and in the industry as well, not just you know the, the front bar people. Mm. Um, what they're quick to do is they're quick to uh, uh, give when, when it doesn't work as a recruiting side. You know the player doesn't work out. They're very quick to isolate that, that that's the recruiting bloke. Yeah. But when the bloke actually succeeds, very rarely does it, the recruiting bloke actually yeah. get the that you know. And I've. I'll give you a prime example is uh, um, Matt Rendell with Dangerfield. Correct. Now, and if you remember that, yeah, they he, were throwing everything in because he, he didn't was take Ebert into nothing. Yeah, uh, you know, he had, he had a family name of Ebert, and, and and by the way, that year, let me tell you the story. Mm. I was a I was a selector that year for the Australian under sixteen team. That exact team that I tell you about. Yeah, I was a selector that year. So what they did every year was um, over the course of twelve years of recruiting, I would have been a uh, a selector for the all Australian teams maybe six times. And in the other ones, I was a selector for the for the draft camps. So so all the recruiters got given jobs over, and we, we, we every year you got a mm. different job. Uh, under 16s, under 18s, state Australian teams, and that's how they kind of uh, got a bit more of a roundedness to it. Well, I was a selector for that that under 16 team, and I swear on a stack of Bibles that Patrick, Dane, Patrick Dangerfield was number 25 selected. Wow! In the twenty-five, not because he look, it was he he was uh, he had some standout qualities then. It mm. wasn't that uh, about the rawness of his athleticism. It was just you know how the whole package worked. Yeah. And equally, I can tell you that Ebert, um, Brad Ebert, in my view, would have been picked at number five, six, or seven in that Australian. He was that team. good at the time. Yeah, it just yeah. he was a blue chip. He just what he did, he he did really well, and he did lots of it well. Yeah. Um, and he was a really rounded kid, uh, but so was the other boy as well. So all I'm getting at is that. You know, I remember, and that's just not my selection. This yeah. is a group of, of people making that selection. So um, I'm just thankful we chose Dangerfield in the yeah. end. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> get to keep as long as we wanted, but, but, but shit. The, uh, in the end of the day, um, it, as I said to you, it wasn't. Re- it wasn't when you isolated some of his uh, talents. Yeah, there was a no-brainer because he was yeah. still the quickest uh, over that that explosiveness. He had all of that. Um, he probably wasn't as polished back as a 16-year-old. And then, then, then that takes me to one other thing. So, um, do, do you remember this one? And I always said this will be the, one of the all-time greatest uh, front bar discussions. Um, <laughs> Luke Hodge, Luke Ball or Chris Judd? Oh, yeah. You know, the, the famous oh. draft with a three. I think we've actually spoken about it before, yeah. yeah. Well, see, Who what, would you take, yeah. What I love about that mm. um, is that um, John Turnbull, who's a great a friend of mine and was a lecturer of mine when I was at uni, was, was also, and, and, and by the way, worked for Adelaide Footy Club after he finished with Hawthorne oh, okay. as their recruiting manager. Yeah. I got him over to work with us for a few years. Um, I still take my hat off to JT uh, for that selection. Um, now, but what I will say this, so this is how I frame it, right? There was no question about Chris Judd. He was yeah. a star. And I rem- and I travelled to Ireland with him and his family. You, you knew that there was that was a, a blue chip in every sense. But, but I can tell you, back in those days... One, um, uh, Chris had had a, a shoulder reconstruction at 17, which is no big so deal. So the same one that gave him trouble through... He's had trouble yeah. always with mm. it. Um, but that was no big deal. But it was a, you know, it was a, a bit of a hiccup in his um, prep. But his... Say we're talking about disposal now, you know, it's getting really specific. He, he, was three, he was three out of five. Oh, wow. You know, he, he, and maybe 2.7 2. out of five. Yeah. So in other words... Every time he saw a player that was 35 metres away from him, he would hit him three out of five times, not five out of five. So what I found really fascinating about Chris, he had all these other um, 
qualities, elements of your game that were high, high end. And what really impressed me was when he got to AFL footy, it was how quickly he adapted and how quickly he was able to straighten. And, and he's fixed his little... Yeah, those mind, yeah. He, because now you're, in, you're, immersed, yeah. you're immersed in it. That's what you're doing 24-7. Mm. So this young man... He went from a, a 2.7, three, 3 out of 5 hit to being a 4.2, 4.5. Yeah. Now, that, that's just because you get exposed. And and I love that people see that when you're recruiting that you can see that part of it. That's a really important mm. aspect. And with, with those players, can that – that obviously depends on what club they go to too. If you if oh, they go to a club that can't bring that out as quickly yeah. or as well. Yeah. I, I think, Luke um, – when you when you when you're talking or about, or whether you get played or not, <laughs> well, that's right. Because at the end of the day, you remember, um, it doesn't matter what environment; it's all about opportunity. And um, so, so this this whole this whole question about, um, you know, is it the is it the talent or is it the situation? It's, it's a great debate because, mm. as you say, you can get to a, a club and. Um, you just might be the right fit for that club yeah. and you'll get a, a lot of opportunity. You might be a much better player, but you're at a different club that have got 10 of you mm. and well, it, your opportunities are a little bit yeah. uh, lighter and or might, might take longer. And that, that's that's the difficulties that you, you, you work with. I, I remember Judd's first game and I remember thinking, who is this bloke? Yeah. And how many games did he play last year? <laughs> because I can't remember seeing him before and he looked like an adult. He looked like he'd yeah. been playing for five years. And he had like, the body of a 25-year-old yeah, at and, 19. And he's, yeah. he's already got both shoulders taped. And I'm like, oh, mm. can't work out who this bloke is. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you another one. I'll tell you another one, which is quite a fascinating one. You know, when I think back uh, over 12 years of recruiting, back in that era, a guy called Adam Goods uh, was playing out at Ballarat. Now, he, he just... Just an average footballer. Well, no, no, but <laughs> here's the great thing. This kid had come out of nowhere, yeah. really. And he was one and a half out of five. For hitting the target, yeah, he was he was this he was this tall, athletic kid who we all just went, wow, this is a you know. It's a was he being looked at as a uh, a ruckman at first, or probably more as a key forward, yeah. really? But because he had a, some size, but he, his athleticism was yeah. incredible, and he played up forward. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm not just saying this; I'm, I'm not kid you not. He was one and a half at best out of five to yeah. hit the target. So. I'm not saying that's enough to put you off, but it's enough to make you weary. Yeah. And he, has he got the capabilities? So it end up, ends up being a... Dual Brownlow medalist. Well, it's not only that. I think if you map his improvement yeah. through that system, I say you've got an awesome player, but this is where I take a massive tick to the coaching, the development, the, they're able to get him, you know... Get to, the best to out that, of him. that place, yeah. yeah. And, and that, that's when I say it's great coaching. Um, you've got to take this the right way. Whoever's listening out there, take this the right <laughs> way. Uh, part of part of your um, approach as a recruiter, though, is you, you try and make them coach proof, mm. don't you? In the end of the day, I want to get you a best. I want to get you a player that whether you think he can play or not, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna rock your soul yeah. when you see him play, and you know that you have to play him. So when you get those ones, they, they don't come along all the time. Yeah. But uh, in fact, they're only if, if I had to do a number, it's 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 two out of five that yeah. you get like that in your recruiting days, the other three you've got to work for. And you've got to... Um, and, and, and Simon, your brother, mm. is, is that person, to yeah. be honest. He was not a standout junior. What happened was he had other interests. Um, and I, I, I recall this very much in my own mind, you know, about it. Um, he... So, so I'd do two things. One, I was always interested to get... I had a guy... 
Jack Sutter, for example. Mm. Jack's been around for a long time. He was a president at North Adelaide. He recruited Barry Robran. That's how far Jack goes back. He was a 70-year-old working in my stable, and I'm, what, 40 years old? Yeah. But he was the more experienced, and I just... I, I hang off of a lot of words that he would say because he was just one of those people that had a great insight. He was the first one that said to me about Simon playing. He said, oh, mate, you've got to, you, I want you to watch this boy. Right, so there, this there is was good because I don't think I've ever spoken to you no, this is, this about is Jack Sutter. Yeah. So um, it was quite a, a fascinating um, insight that he had. And I really rated what Jack would would. would Offer me, and he, and he would never give that away. By the way, that was not—he didn't come every week and say, oh, "I've seen the best player yeah. I've ever seen." He, he was very particular about when he—he he knew what he knew, and um, so that got my interest up straight away. So then I would send a number of people, and of course, Reedy uh, had a—you know—the inside of the family. Yeah. And, so that was a no-brainer. So mm. made so everything was kind of stacking up. But you know what the sealer was for me? Um, funny enough, was actually talking to a guy like um, Brett Burton. He played against him. Yeah. So I was getting the information from the players themselves. And the pl- and the, the feedback I was getting from players that were playing against him, that is what... See, see, I have this view. I remember this anyway. When I played, um, you might think someone's fast. Yeah. But when you play, you know that they're, f- you know they're fast. No, like you can't get within when, yeah. when you're in the field... See, players get to see stuff and feel stuff that mm. no one else can get. So I... You don't even, you, you, and after that, you wouldn't. Uh, your brother would laugh at this too. But, um, but after that, because we all became quite good friends as well, mate. I made a habit of grabbing Rue. Uh, not not so much those guys, the older guys then, but sorry, shouldn't have used his name. Mm. Some of the younger guys in particular. But to tell me about the players, yeah. Then I talked to the older guys too about when they got to the when they got into the system. I was very close to the older blokes, mm. so uh, the feedback was critical about how to help them navigate how they needed to... To get through it. To get through yeah. it. So it was kind of this... You're having these um, connections, uh, you know... I, I so building a, building a bit of a, yeah, a and, puzzle. Yeah, and so I needed the players to help me yeah. in, in my in my decision-making, in a sense, and then once they were there, I needed the players then to help me understand mm. how I could help the players work. Cause with, with that, re- that reminds me of a story I heard uh, Graham Corns talk about Mark Bickley, who is allegedly the... One of the last players, that yeah, to get on that list. Yeah, I think that's very true. Yeah, and McDermott, McDermott, the way McDermott spoke about playing against Bickley in 1990 is what got him in. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the things, and so um, that was very much with Simon's yeah. case for me, anyway. Um, and then it was a no-brainer, you know, because um, Simon was well. It was almost whether cricket or footy was going to pick him first. That's right, and that was always was, the challenge yeah. um, for him, I think. And then. I, I, but then when he got to Adelaide, the AIS had changed his bowling action, which fucked his back up for his whole first season, I reckon, at, at well, the Crows. There was another issue too, if you remember, because of the back. Mm. He, he had some other issues that kind of slowed his progress yeah. a bit. Um, I think it was groins and... Yeah, and, and anyway, I, it, it's funny because I, I don't always um, reflect on you know every little one of them, but when you look back at certain things, you remember and you go, oh shit, I, I didn't know at the time that yeah. that was... What I was doing, or that—that that was um, why you know th- certain things had happened down the track, and and, it, and, and you wish you had a better insight. Um, but I look, I loved it. I, I just uh, I loved the challenge of it. Well, how'd you how'd you get into recruiting as such? Did I think um, what what had happened was I played. A, obviously, I'd been playing league footy, mm. um, but I I made a decision. Uh, 
through an opportunity um, that I was provided through the Norwood Footy Club, they, they came to me and said, look, uh, I mean, actually, let me just half a, half a step back. I was, um, I was at uni doing teaching degree, and I was super keen to um, get us, I was trying to earn money, yeah. a, bit of, a bit of pocket money, um, and I was, I was keen to get across as many uh, groups of young people that I could because I wanted to keep developing my craft, yeah. you know, I, 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 liked, I loved all that. So I was doing a heap of um, uh, what, what they called uh, back then, you know, you do coaching clinics, and I'd get, oh, yeah. I'd get paid for them. And then I used to do pie and pasty nights at Norwood Oval. So I'd have two or three schools that would come to Norwood Oval. I'd train them for, a, uh, for the first hour. And then they'd go and do a tour. I'd take them for a tour. Yeah. Then I'd drop them off and they'd get a pint of pasty up in the stand. And I'd go out and train. I, I remember that. I remember and, and, and that myself when I was real young, like six or seven. The it was brilliant. So, um, so where was I going with that? So my whole aspiration was to be a teacher. Mm. And then, and I did. I started teaching, and then, uh, but because I had that exposure, I suppose, at uh, doing a lot of development work. Um, funny enough, the Norwood. Fo- I left Norwood. I went to Woodville and was playing at Woodville. Okay, yeah. A- and uh, Norwood had con- come back to me and asked me to come back to and take on the technical and development officer's role. Ah, okay. Yeah, and, and is that because of maybe your teaching background? Yeah, or? teaching yeah. And, and playing and having yeah. that um, kind of... And then they got to see what I was like, you know, yeah. I was driving stuff, yeah. having a real crack at it. And, and I think they, they um, appreciated that, so I got the opportunity. Now, now the, the, the interesting thing came, I, was, I think I was 24, 25, I was playing league footy, uh, played about 80 games at that stage, 84 games. Hmm. And they, they said to me, um, the league had then contacted the Norwood Football Club and said... You can give him the job, but he can't play football. Ah. So that in those days, they wouldn't let you play and be an administrator. Oh, okay, yep. So I had to make a decision whether I would continue playing or, or take did you at that Did you at that split, split second or that moment in time think, well, footy might only go for another three or four years, but yeah. this other thing could go on for... That's exactly... Yeah. The, the, reason I, the only reason I gave it up mm. at the end was because I just thought, well... You know what? I could be doing this for the next twenty-five yeah. years, and that's what. And lo and behold, did. And that's exactly what yeah, happened. Yeah, made this. So I've made a career out of it. So you, so you started at Nord, and then how'd you get involved at Adelaide? So, um, so I was at Nord for three years as a development manager. Yep. Uh, well, today's development manager, they call them technical development officers. Um, and then a position. Alan Stewart was the first uh, state development director, so he was in charge of the whole South Australia junior development. And Alan took on the job at Central Districts as being a full-time coach, and his position came available, uh, which I applied for. Um, and in fact, Wally Miller, <laughs> I remember this, Wally Miller uh, was my CEO at Norton, he told me I had to apply for it, <laughs> and I wasn't sure whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> you know. um, You're applying for this yeah, whether you want it or not, mate. Yeah, and, and so I did, and, and, and it was quite a... Uh, it, was a it was an interesting time. It was uh, just prior to the... Crows started, and um, I was about ten years younger than most other guys that were going for the job. Mm. And most, and my dad was, they were coaches. And, yeah. And, and so I was it um, more of like a a past coach and long time player type roles that correct, those people that, that took those them. roles. Yeah, yeah. And so they gave me the job at the league, and I was pretty fresh around the ears. Yeah. And uh, I think what that led to was. So that next three or four years, um, pretty much we doubled that business. If, mm. if you were to win in business terms, it was a million-dollar business. 
Um, in the next three years, we went to a $3 million business. So, and that's where I employed a heap of AFL footballers. Um, so I employed Rue, Benny Hart, uh, Sean Wren. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and we expanded our operation. We, we, we put in regional managers in all the areas uh, around the state. Yeah. Um, so it was a rapid it was a rapid growth area, mm. and I had the good fortune of um, overseeing it and, and being part of it. Yeah. Um, and of course, the, the, the interest that the Crows generated back in '91 was enormous. Mm. Uh, so I did that for three years, and then I did things like state of origin, uh, team managers roles, and um, all the state programs. Yeah. So any any under any under sixteen program or any under eighteen program, I was literally running those. Yeah. Um, and it, and in fact. Because I was a bit unique, in that, you know, when I'm unique, I was young enough, yeah, uh, with a bit of foot experience. So not only was I the, you know, the senior administrator of it, but Russell Eberwood was the coach. Uh, Peter Carey was an assistant. Um, and, uh, Surrounded Gary, by legends. Gary Treadray yeah. was. Uh, you know, these guys were amazing, and here I am. I'm the young bloke. I'm, I'm running the administration of it all, uh, but I was a runner as well, and a kind of a pseudo coach, you know. Yeah. So I was. Had these great experiences. Uh, so, so you asked me the question: How did you become a recruiter? Over that next three to four years, what happened was I was dealing with all of the state, all the best kids in the in the end in South Australia, mm. and the state of origin. The best. So, mate, well, my network, my network was as good as any anyone that could have that. seen all of them. It was just natural, yeah. like natural, natural progression. Yeah, yeah, because it was a very. I mean, I don't say it's because I, I'm a, a guru in in terms of my football. Um, you know, my view on football, I, I like to think I've got a, a good insight on yeah. it. But it was more, th- I think, the fact that I was so well entrenched in the... Just living... At it. that time, yeah. I knew every best kid in Australia. You were I, just I saying knew, it every day. I, I knew through playing yeah. and administrating, I had contacts in every part of Australia. Mm. So it was just a... Yeah, as you say... Uh, like a natural progression of... It just yeah. kind of went that way. And so uh, that's how it went and... So did I Adelaide know. approach you, or did yeah? That, so yeah. And, and the other thing was, I. <laughs> so here's the other one. I left Norwood. Um, growing up at Norwood, playing at Norwood, you know, I played my first league game at 18. You entrenched in that. I left Norwood. Yeah. It was like getting a divorce, mate. It was <laughs> the biggest. It was uh, one of the biggest decisions in my life. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, one of the best decisions. Not 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 because of an anti-Norwood, but because of just my growth and my my um, exposure. Mm. And, uh, and 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 look. Unashamedly, Bill Saunders was the, um, one of the board members at, at the club at that time, who later became the, you know, the chairman. Um, sorry, the CEO. And so, so when they, those guys know you a little bit as yeah. well, and and it's just you know you get the experience, and they know that you've got the right character. And I, I think it just all, uh, all it kind worked. of it worked in together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, what? W- but th- let me just say this. So. so because you know, I don't get them. I didn't get them all right. I mm. did it for twelve years. I was at the Adelaide Footy Club. What I am proud of about that is um, I, I won't talk about individuals, mm. about selections and things, because I got some really good ones, yeah. really good ones. Uh, in fact, I had. I think I've got something like sixteen of. Um, no, what is it? I did something the other day. I was twenty-two and thirty-eight that have played. 200 games or 100 games, mm. and that's a lot of players. That crop that rolled through Adelaide that you guys were in, they all there yeah. was. Oh, I look, there I, was I, a I, lot of them that all, all, all stuck together through all those years. You yeah. get caught I, up in it. I remember Gary Lyons saying one night on one of the footy shows, <laughs> you know, I'm from the oldest club in the league. We've had one bloke play 300 games. Yeah. 
this mob's been around five minutes. They've got six blokes who played <laughs> 300. Yeah. So, so, look, for my end of it, um, this is how I, how I justify my, my role, if you like. Because you can't, if you, if you isolate any individual part of it, you're good and bad. Yeah. So all I know is I was there for 12 years. And in that 12 years, uh, we played in eight finals campaigns. We won two premierships. Uh, and, a, and a night premiership, and we won a, um, and we're in, it was at five uh, prelims. So very good. And, and, in, and in 2005, <laughs> well, after I'd been at the club for, uh, you know, the ten years, um, that's wh- that's your crop, really. Yeah. You're ten years in, although in saying that, almost uh, like a player when they roll through and their yeah, career's kind of done. Like, that like sure. There wasn't many on that list at that stage that weren't yours. That yeah. You want to call it that. Um, so and we were minor premiers and we were we looked like we should have won the premiership and we fell short but we were definitely the best side yeah. in my view. The um, year we so lost that prelim to West great, Coast, wasn't it? Uh, deal of satisfaction mm. out of just the fact that, um, yeah, th- those things happen. And, and look, if you want to get, I'm going to get a bit big, a little bit big headed. At the end of the day, um, when we won the premierships in '97 and '98, and it's about the coaching and it's about the team and about the players. But all I know is this, for facts, mm. is that 13 of those players that came into those sides, the two sides that won it, there's actually 15, but 13 in each, were brought to the club in, t- in that two years that yeah. I was recruiting. So I feel like a, a, a significant part to it. Oh, uh, definitely. Pretty, pretty bloody happy about that. Yeah. And but, and so, but this so is what you said at the, 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 the start, not, though. Not, yeah. do this. It's not about whether you're good, bad or indifferent. All, you, all you've got to justify is to yourself. Yeah. All I go is... I don't. I, if I, as I said, I can go through all of it, um, and I know I've got some some bad ones wrong, and mm. I, I know, but I know I've got some really good ones yeah. right. But at the end of the day, I just go, well, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. Two premierships, eight finals, five prelims. I'll take that. Every That's day what you're judging week, exactly. And, and then I go, yeah. The, it's about um, the team, isn't it? At the end of the day. That's what I was going to say earlier. The individual. So the um, the closeness, and you spoke about it before that you 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 spent time with them coming through but I don't know any other recruiters I only really know you but you would be at like Simon's Boxing Day birthdays and oh, it's very after Max Francis yeah, and you, yeah, were, yeah. you were tight with all the players are many, are many recruiters like that or was that just um, the relationship you had no, I think look one of the things there is you've got to remember my age was a bit different too mm. most of the recruiters that I, that I worked with and uh, you know I travel with these guys and become very good friends with them actually it's so, it's the irony about that let me tell you a quick story I went away one year with my family, my wife, my kids. We went away with eight other recruiting managers' wives and kids. And we went to Malwala. Just this tight network. Yeah, because yeah. We, we spend a lot of time together. Mm. Um, but are we competitive? My <laughs> God. Geez, your son's kicking that footy well there, Fanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, as in competitive, as in, I'd say another, like, I laugh. We, we would, we're always seeing each other at grounds, you know. Um, and I remember this one weekend where there was a day off, like almost a day off, if you like. There was no other games being played. But there was this kid that was playing and ended up getting drafted by Richmond. He was playing at Myrtleford. Now, Myrtleford's like two and a half hours out of Adelaide. <laughs> we're all seeing each other in a triple header on a, on a Saturday. And we all say hello. But no one says anything about where you're going to be the next day. <laughs> you roll up. You're and and, and, and like, you're all there. And they're all there. <laughs> and yeah, it's hilarious, you know. And, and you, it's, it's oh, so you bloody knew, you bastard. So <laughs> or, or, but but that's, that's in that one. I, mate, I remember um, going to Tasmania for a final, uh, to watch the final once. And this is a true story, right? We've got over there and there was about ten clubs. We've all got on the plane together. 
six in the morning to get over to bloody Tasmania from, from Melbourne. We get there, we go and have a coffee together and brekkie and we get out to the ground and, and you're not, I'm not kidding, right? The, we all know, no one says anything, but we all know we're there for this one player. <laughs> this one player. Who are you right? down here for? And, and guess what happened? This is a true story. The boys ran out onto the ground and did a warm-up and he didn't come out. Three of the, three of the eight left because they didn't think he was playing. <laughs> and they, they've literally, because we can do that those in those yeah. days. You know, back in those days, we were dancing, we were like diamond flies. We could change our flights yeah. and do things like that. So they wanted to get, they said, oh, Blake, he's not there. If they worked oh. it out, they could get back oh. to watch a VFL grand Someone final. Someone else there. To get back to watch that. <laughs> and so they left. And, and, and no he bullshit, out. he ran out. And the other boys, all the ones that stayed there, we all look at each other and, and, so, and they, they go, don't ring them. <laughs> they left. They've gone. That, that was their call. You've done your dash. They left. Bad luck. And, and the bloke called Shane O'Sullivan was one of the guys. He said he was one of the older guys. Yeah. He was working for Colton. He drafted that bloke. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I just, you know, it was oh, <laughs> fascinating um, stories. And, that's, and, and that was a game. But, yeah, look, in, in terms of that, Luke, um, I, I th- always thought two things. One, I was a bit fortunate. Uh, my age allowed me to... Get closer, a lot closer to, yeah. to the boys. Um, and two, I don't know. I, I just was very, um, I don't know. The guys uh, brought me in as well, so mm. it was a, a bit of both ways. And, a, and a, I always kind of felt like they treated me like I was the bigger brother, yeah, or their uncle. I was going to say a lot of the recruiters, if they're older, they might be like a father you figure well, and that. I but you say, were more I won't of a say father because <laughs> what would happen with me? Yeah, look, I can tell you that that incident at the at the Ramsgate. Yeah, I got a phone call <laughs> about that, about you know, from one of the boys about how we're dealing with it. Yeah, um, giving an insight. You know, I, I remember uh, um, going to 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 Mark Rusciuto uh, to Rue one day and saying to Rue, "Hey, mate, um, I think y- y- do you want to be the next captain of the footy club?" And he said, "Mate." Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 he, and he, so he should have been. Right? My, look, that's just not my view, but I think... So there was a couple of things going on, and I wanted to make sure that he had presented himself in the right way to... Because I knew some of the things that were going on, say, in the higher levels mm. that they wanted to make he, him to have. I just wanted to make sure... I didn't... All I did was make sure that he... Wanted was, to be had, had an awareness. Yeah. Um, he would have got the job regardless, mate, because yeah. that was naturally his way. But they're the, the little things that I always like to think you could... It's, it's about joining the dots and helping, not yeah. um, trying to help them through it. Uh, and it was... yeah, yeah we Not, so not it, making it happen, yeah. but, but just, no, you're just making just sure that he's right. on the same page right. as the Towers. Sure but you give yourself every opportunity. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of those little things along the way that yeah, you would... I would try and um, be that kind of a... I guess the um, middleman type. Yeah, thing. in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I think I was able to play that role a bit mm. because just as I said, you know, the natural relationship and the um, and the age probably helped a bit too. I think you had you actually made good rela- like you weren't just a recruiter. You were close with not just players at Adelaide, but um, I reckon I saw where Acker where Acker got yeah, sacked. He um, said you were probably the only person that went and checked on him, uh, and that's not a yeah. coach, a player, or anyone. It was yeah. a guy in rec- recruitment. I was pretty man. close to Acker. Mm. I mean, look, um, you, you, those jobs are difficult. I found it, the recruiting I found a lot easier in terms of, because you don't have, you're playing a lot uh, behind the scenes roles. So yeah. You don't have to be as quite as up front. When I was a footy manager, um, I found that to be a little bit more, uh, um, 
taxing ruthless and offensive, yeah, ruthless, yeah. And, and and also that caring part was a very important piece. Of yeah, because it. uh, it's so cutthroat, and and you you constantly. You know the, the nature of the game. Remember, we're we, we're sacking every year. We're sacking at yeah. least three people. Mm. That's a start. That's a starting line. Um, so you're you, telling three people that their, their lives, dreams, jobs are over. Correct. Which every year, and that's eight, a minimum. Yeah, I'm talking about. Minimum. Mostly, it's five to eight. Yeah. You know, in most clubs, that's just out of the playing group. Let alone your your staff and mm. your coaches. Ac- and yeah, and, and it's cutthroat. Mm. And, um, so, you know, my probably natural personality. Uh, I, I don't, I don't love the conflict. I don't love the, um, you know, those uh, those difficult situations. Mm. I find it a little bit difficult. But so I always approached it in how, what's the, how would I want it to be yeah. for me? I just want someone to be, you know, honest and upfront, um, and and so and and probably care a bit. So that was how I, you know, navigated. Mm. I think and sometimes you got it right and sometimes you didn't. Mm. But um, but the, that that caring side is. Obviously, what makes a tight network in any organisation. Um, well, you, know, you know what I? One of the greatest um, experiences I think I had uh, through that that process was when I was a footy manager uh, and going and going through a selection for a senior coach at AFL level. Wow, what a what an incredible process! <laughs> I mean, my, my, I, I, you know, can I explain it like this? It was like for me, and I've been I've, I've got a couple of degrees. It was like going to university for football. Yeah. I, I thought I knew about football. When I sat down and went through these interviews, and, uh, and, 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 they, and, and remember, you're, you're setting the framework for this stuff. These guys that you're dealing with, my goodness me, what a bloody learning. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're amazing. So, so that, took you, that actually took me to another level mm. um, in terms of your understanding of the game. Where it goes another so level. So I, I just found it uh, fascinating. And so... You know, you talk about those, um, you know, the people in the business. Mm. It, it's just got so much more uh, competitive and refined. And uh, it's not just about selecting a coach. It's yeah, it, it, going and, through and, everything. And, and I reckon one of the and where I was getting to this, this, this where we led into this, which you, which I was kind of um, coming off what you said. I, I, I'm absolutely convinced this because. You know, remember? Uh, can I tell you about a few names? I'll just drop a few yeah, names. Right. So ahead. I, I've worked with Robert Shaw, um, Malcolm Polite, Gary Ayres, uh, Neil Craig, um, um, Rodney Ede, um, and uh, McCartney um, as, as senior coaches. Mm. And then in, in around me, I had Leon Cameron as an assistant coach. I walk, when I walked into Hawthorne, I had um, Alistair Clarkson, who's the other one I worked with. Uh, had Alistair as a senior coach. I had um, Chris Fagan as the overseer Fagan, of, of the yeah. coaches. I had Adam Simpson, Luke Beveridge, and... Um, <laughs> Fuck, that's <laughs> almost everyone coaching <laughs> the AFL now, isn't it? Yeah, and, wow. and Brett Ratton. And Rats. So, Jesus. Mate, mate, I'm telling you, I've, I've seen... I've been around yeah. those guys. So I always... Um, what I was getting to was that level... Uh, their drivers and the way they bounce and, and, the, and the way that the game has evolved, mm. I understand because these guys are quite brilliant. Yeah. Right? And, and they keep driving it. So, can you understand too that how, um, you know, the, the learning curve and the aspiration, these blokes work their butts off. They're yeah. crazy. I found my biggest challenge was to slow people to try and. Just living and breathing it every Mate, minute of the they, day. They live and breathe it. I mm. worry about every one of them. I worry about your brother. I worry no. about it because 
I, I got to see firsthand. And get, you know what the irony is? I had the bloody bleed on the brain. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I couldn't believe it. You're trying to get them to slow down. You're trying to get them to slow down. I'm worried about everyone else. And I, know I end up having a health bloody issue yeah. out of it. And I swear to God. And that's what ended the Hawthorne stint. Yeah, I had, yeah. I had a. Um, so what happened there? I, look, the truth was, I wasn't enjoying myself at Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, uh, but I was absolutely privileged to be have that role and yeah. be in, inside when they were on the verge of becoming this, and we all knew it. Mm. So winning the role was in itself uh, incredible. A win, yeah. Um, it, unfortunately, just there was, a, it was there was so many things going on. Um, I reckon I'd worked myself pretty hard yeah. as well. Um, you didn't have I, a break, did you? You went from Adelaide to... I just kept going. Just, just kept pushed. going. But it, as I said, I was probably more concerned about how everyone else was going. Yeah. And then um, I, I ended up having a, an issue. So that's always stuck with me too. Um, you know, you, you, then you start to look at yourself and you go, is, is it because I'm the weak person or is it the nature of what you're, you're up against? And I, and I kind of think now, as I've got a bit older, I think, yeah, I, I've, I've taken a little bit of pressure off myself and thought that... It was and that it was a combination of a whole lot of things, mm. um, personal as well as professional. Yeah, um, that you build up and you don't realise it, um, and so I've ended up having. And mind you, I had a, a, a growth on the bottom of my brain. Yeah, but um, you know, how does that all happen, and and where, and where does it all lead to? And I was just lucky it wasn't uh, cancerous. Yeah. Then I, I what happened there was I lost um, about nine months. I wasn't able to work. They just mm. told me. You're not allowed to work, you're not allowed to drive. You, you. And then the problem was um, I had to wait and find out. I got on this uh, like a steroid program and then I had to find out. It took nine months to work out whether or not it was reducing. Yeah. And if it didn't reduce, then I was going to lose another year because oh, I had to operate to take it out. So you just kind of, you're on this edge the whole time. and Kind of waiting game pretty so, much. So sure. but, but what it does, it's fantastic. It's like yeah. out of the movies. <laughs> you, you get this, it changes your whole actual way of thinking mm. um, here I was you know super ambitious and driving and, and, and working and you know as, as you do um, and then you kind of wake up one day and you go oh, you know, maybe I've got a bit hard of this yeah. and then you you think about your kids and you've missed this birthday and you've missed that and you start to think oh shit maybe I should have uh. so, so for I, the reason I'm even happy to talk about it is because I think it's good awareness and you know I, I do still worry about the guys at the top end. Mm. Um, I, you know, when I say top end, SAFL levels, it's yeah. tough. They, these guys are doing amazing hours. Yeah. Because they're, they're, uh, they're full-time gigs now. You can't... Yeah. Like, Borch's old man thing was one of the last ones that could be a firefighter yeah. and, and, still, and do, still do it, but it, now yeah, it's a full-time it's, it's gig. It's full-time. Mm. And um, so I still have that concern for, for the industry in itself, but I think some of it's got better and um, they're getting better at it. Yeah. Well, in, in touched on that, they're... Mum's the the prime example of always. You have a win, it's all good, but then have a loss. Oh, the media's out there, there. Then the fans up, are going, up. and then then you're reading shit on Facebook. And I'm, I just, I said to mum, I go, <laughs> me, me just, and my brother, me and my younger what? brother, yeah, we yeah. we bite back a bit. You, but you just what? <laughs> People don't know. I've screen, I've screenshotted, I've screenshotted. Every Melbourne supporter saying Simon can't coach, so one day you I can just them. present it all back to yeah, them. Yeah, that's good. I can't well, that's wait. That's all right. That's not a bad thing. I can't wait till I see you bump into Swartzy and Greeny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, I guess with that stuff, uh, you know, the, the famous word, uh, the famous title of keyboard warrior. Mm. I used to say to my old man, 
look, look, don't read big footy forums, especially around trading time. Oh, yeah. You, when you, the minute you, you got a player from another club, <laughs> well, don't you reckon? You were just getting... Man, I never met this... They wouldn't know... If I, if I was literally sitting next to them, they would not know who I was, but they would, they would give me a character assassination through about three pages, and I used to go, oh, well, just stay away from that. Um... Like that's another that's another really interesting thing. I, I look, I I've been removed uh, mm. from AFL footy certainly back in in SNFL. You see around younger people, but I I, I still um, would think that whole social platforms have a massive impact oh, on, yeah, on the boys. Yeah, um, it's a very different world we live in, mm. and and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's just understanding it, you know, because those those social platforms are quite an well, interesting. It's it's space. different different now for like, me and my family, like. When Simon was playing, you weren't really... That wasn't around. There was no Facebook oh, right. MySpace. You'd just read the paper. You never mobile phone. Yeah, there, exactly. <laughs> and so if someone said something, you'd hear it. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't really care. But when you can see it every day, it starts to grate on you. They go, oh, I'm going to fucking have a go yeah, back here. You but do, you do. <laughs> like, um, Yeah, at quarter time, they're baking you. Oh, quarter time, they're <laughs> well, going. You know, yeah. mate, I'll tell you now, the mood, uh, I, I can... See, see I'm at Norwood. You mm. know, at Norwood, we, we, unfortunately, at Norwood, uh, unfortunately, mm. it depends how you look at it. We have an expectation about what we offer up, yeah. and I think I personally think that's a wonderful. Uh, that's a cultural thing that we're trying to. Yeah, do. we've been trying to keep that for years. So, so you've got to accept that when people you're not performing, that people aren't going to give it to you, yeah, because it's part of it, and you've got to learn how to deal with that. That's 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 what makes you a good player or mm. an administrator in those environments. Yeah, because you've got to know how to adapt to it. So I, I get it. So we we lose our first two games by less than a kick. Both two games, then we don't have a good game. Yeah, but then guess what? We got seven, eight injuries now of our top group. So all of a sudden, what was not necessarily a big thing becomes becomes a big, a thing. big thing. Yeah, and and the reaction from some of our people at that particular time, to be honest, I would I'm ashamed of some of the the people you know some of the comments and the and the uh, I don't know the attack on the coach mm. for example. I just Mate, it blows me away. And that and still like happens say, today. When you lose two, two yeah, games by a total yeah. of four points. Yeah. Correct. Like, and we had one bad one. Yeah. So we win the next two. And you think, okay, we're internally we know what we're doing. Yeah. We feel comfortable with it. Externally, you know, people have this... Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to know how do they feel now. Yeah. You don't hear from them. They're not about the positives. Yeah. Uh, so when you're Norton 3, trust me, you've got people that are just about ready to yeah. throw yeah. a bomb in the place. And sometimes I don't think they get it. To be quite no. honest, they don't get the. You, you know, don't get the long, the long, the, the long view of it. Correct. Um, uh, and, and it's really important that you, in my role anyway, now mm. as a CEO, for example, uh, and, and the experience, you, you've got to try and get yourself in, in front of that in some mm. ways too to protect some people when you. Yep. Um, and so every now and then I, I don't do it very often. I, I might fire one back. I don't. It's not a. It's not a forum I like to um, engage in because yeah. it's, there's no win in it. Yeah. Mm. But every now and then when it's. Uh, Having a, such a negative influence, I might, I might just, I, I might post something myself and yeah. just say, "Look, I want to give you some facts here." You, um, it's not, a, it's not an emotive um, yeah. kind of response. It's more about the facts, and yeah. then, that, that sometimes can, in most times, actually helps you. Yeah, yeah. The so, um, when you're talking about the your whole man saying the the forums don't go on there, um, I still have, I still have moronic mates that when you talk about Pavlich, they come back and say. Oh, the player that Adelaide didn't didn't, didn't pick take, up, oh and I say, oh, and I always go, no, no, I need Fanta to give you the bloody story because yeah. they're. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a frustrating.
frustration. I mean, but that's but you see, I call it. I call it again when I was in a bar, but I call it a front man, front yeah. bar mentality. Yep. You only see a certain thing. Mm. You, you, you haven't got the necessarily the privilege of understanding what's happened. So in that case, we're we're the only club as a seventeen-year-old to go and interview him. Yeah, we've got him on our radar. Mm. We actually, you know, and I, I, I won't get into syntax because it's it's not right. In my view, see, I can go to you and tell you there's five people that make they're in that decision making, yeah. and I can see what each one wants to do, mm. including myself. But yeah, that's a bit unfair because that's that's the nature of the see, yeah. you know, what I mean? recruiting, mm. mate. That's what happened. Mm. I got to take full responsibility. Yeah. Whether you, whether you're in, you know, it's a bit like a coach of the selection. He at the end of the day, he's still got to work with his group, and mm. he might not think that's right, but he might go with it. Yep. He might not, but you've got to have that kind of way up. So I think um, those uh, criticisms sometimes are a bit... It's because they don't really know the mm. whole facts. And the Pavlich one's a great one for that because, if anything, I thought we were ahead of the pack. Yeah. And I think we proved it because we were physically going out and seeing him and talking to him. Um, no one else was. We were only allowed to take one 17-year-old that year. Yeah. Uh, we, we landed on Ken McGregor. Uh, who, was, who was playing league playing footy? Playing league footy, wasn't he? League time? footy. Yeah. Uh, not only played state, but played, uh, state. State, played um, state footy in Australian, uh, made all Australian the year before. Yeah. And that year was playing league football. But, but not to that, he was physically and uh, in his own football ability, he was already well ahead of yeah. Matt at mm. that time. Uh, and Pavs. And that's where people don't get it. At that time. And, and, <laughs> the, other, and the other thing that bothers me is that if we could have taken the three. We yeah. would have taken the three boys at seventeen year olds that we wanted, and he, yeah. was, and he was one of them. Yeah. They, they didn't. That, the rules did not let us do that, mm. right? So, all I'm getting at is, we took free men will get lauded for it. Yeah, they didn't even take. They didn't even take. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't they even took him with their second pick. And yeah. they didn't even <laughs> take him with their first pick the next That's year. Right. They took Hazelby with their first pick. Um, so look, yeah, it's a frustration. I don't know why. I think because he was an Adelaide boy, mm. there was this natural thought that Adelaide would take him. But can I tell you something else? Brian Cunningham is is his is his uncle. Yeah, they weren't taking him, and he was at Port Adelaide. Yeah, and they didn't take him. So, mm. like, I'm, I'm not. It's not. It's not I, mean, I mean, Brian's a genius, by the way. You know, yeah. couldn't speak highly enough of that man. Um, but uh, it's certainly not saying it's his call. Mm. All I'm making the point is that, you know, we all had an insight, yep. and yet. Um, what, why we get tainted as the club that oh, yeah. didn't take him? I, I well, Richmond took Fiora at three. Correct. <laughs> That's so. Well, no, so, so he went, and then they took Hazelby at four, yeah. and then took Pavitt at six, was it, or something no, like no, that? Pavitt uh, four, Hazelby at two. Oh, sorry, that's right. Yeah. Hazelby at two, then Pav, and so our pick that year was like you know sixteen or seventeen, mm. and, and we still feel we're a good player. But people don't want to know that. No. And, and that's why, to be Doesn't honest, make mate, to be yeah. honest, I, I, that's never worried me. It's exactly oh, no, that, that's 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 that. Yeah. And it's exactly what you said before. If you talk in facts, yes. pe- people don't give a fuck about facts. Yeah. No, no, that's right. Especially with those. <laughs> but, um, so, and there's a few of those. I, but I always recite that when people, it's my older mates normally bring it, I go, hold on, hold yeah. on. you got to know the real story. You, you just, you, you're not I really kinda, looking into it well enough. And yeah. it's when Freeman will get lauded for the decision. It's like, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't take him as a 17-year-old. I know. They didn't take him well, with their first pick. <laughs> but, but can I say that? That's probably a, a part of my half. Uh, you wouldn't pick this up, but the, the Hodge, Luke Ball, Chris Judd one for me mm. is that classic. Because at the end of the day, West Coast got, got, got him by default. Yeah. yeah. 
Because they, they, they didn't pick him. That they just the, go whoever was left after the first one. He was the left hand three. Yeah. Their hand was forced. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, I, that's often what happens. And I'll give you another example. And I know still, this for an absolute fact. they're still benefiting know, from that I know pick. this for an yeah. absolute fact because I spoke to Alan Stewart about it because Alan came and worked for the, for the Crows. Yeah. But they took Dominic Cassisi, right? When, when he said to me, when Alan showed me the list that they had, had him on their list, the number, yeah. and where we had him on our list, we had him about 15 players higher than what Port Adelaide did. We didn't get oh, really? him at 50 because we had other players that were still there. So like, an, like an Ivan Murray. Yeah. We needed a Ruckman. Mm. And so we, we took John Meeson, who, who was killing them. And John Meeson stood Ivan Murray and uh, what's the young boy from West Adelaide? Uh, Wood. Cameron Wood. Cameron yeah. Wood. Mm. Yeah, mate, that year, Murdered him. He would have stayed. He he, each of them, he, he played them for six times. Yep. State championships, the warm-ups, the country versus mm. Metro... The uh, Geelong Falcons versus uh, Calder Cannons. Yeah. Mate, him and Pavlik, I mean, him and uh, Mark, Mark, uh, Murray played against each other nine times. Yeah. Mate, he was that far ahead of the other three. Yeah. The other two. And the irony is that he didn't, he didn't make it, but Murray's made it. Yeah. But we, we still wanted to, you know, um, what, what you call, you know, remove your wrist. Yeah. So we thought he was still there. Take them that, both. That, why didn't you take him? Mm. And so, and you don't normally take two, Ruckman, to yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah, it's just how that works. So all I'm getting at is that, unfortunately, probably Ivan played more of his, his probably better footy at Richmond, Richmond. than he played at uh, Adelaide. But he, I, I'm just making the point that any person who was a football uh, had any insight into what footballers look like and play, there's not one person that would have picked Ivan Murray or Wood uh, in, in front, front of Johnny Mason. John Mason. Mason. Yeah. yeah, just like basically on what you get to see and mm. the whole thing. So. You know, the, the science and it's not exact, mm. and that's the that's the other part of it. You said about big footy earlier. I remember when uh, Marrick went to when the trade was done to Richmond, and the Richmond faithful on big footy were going absolutely <laughs> bereft. Oh, well, yeah, and yeah. I remember going, oh, you know, sorry for coming on your board and commenting because I know it's a no-no, <laughs> but this bloke by round six. It'll be a cult hero, yeah. And he was, and it'll be. Oh, it was, apps. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and, cause and I had blokes from that board message me back six months later, <laughs> going, "Oh, you've called this wrong." <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. And, and so, yeah, isn't it? It's interesting. Um, but uh, you know, like I remember going to Ivan's house. You know, met his mum, and he he lived out uh, just outside of Melbourne, about an hour out out of Melbourne, St Albans Way, yeah, or something. Yeah, a bit further, a bit yeah. further, yeah. And um, you know. Mate, I could the the family, yeah. they were just incredible. Um, tight, you, you, yeah, tight and family. you just got a sense of what this boy was about. So he he is that kid that says, uh, teammate, sorry, that says, hey boys, we've got to get to the top of the hill. We've got twenty kilos to carry it up there. He's the kind of bloke that says, yeah, give I'll it, take eighteen, mate. I'm, I'm going to yeah. take it. If he can't, I'll take the eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So just that bloke. Um, so was that what? what was the Richmond is still benefiting from getting him because now they got the, his fucking cousin. Yeah. Right, exactly right. When you're selecting a player, like you obviously look at their footballing ability, but what were the main things outside of their oh, football ability? It's a big part, Luke. Um, footy, footy, uh, in a way, speaks for itself. I reckon, mm. uh, and, and apart from the fact that you still got to project someone's ability to improve, mm. um, but yeah, the character sense of it is is enormous. Yeah. Character from the point of view, you don't have to be a fucking goody goody, goody two shoes. Yeah. In fact, mate, I don't, we don't mind a little bit of bit of mongrel. Bloody oath. Yeah. But you've got to have the other parts to it as mm. well. Um, you know. So when Kane Johnson came over, 
And in his first week, he's arrived as an 18 year old and he's. There's he, dreads. He, he then has to go back home for a couple of days, you know, and get his stuff, and he goes home with a broken hand. <laughs> then you question, oh, hang on, is this good or bad? And then you find out that how that broken hand came about. Yeah. And then you go, now, this is a good thing. And, and, and that story. How was, did that, uh, well, that broken that, hand that come about? The story basically was that he was out, mm. and it wasn't him, but three others, and, and smaller than him, that were getting picked on, and in fact, got. It got uh, one of them got smacked, like, as in attacked. Yeah. He... Sugar jumped in and... Sugar in. jumps in and just sorts it out. Yeah. Broke his hand doing it. <laughs> but, but he stopped a kid but, from but getting his head kicked that, in. He, he stopped a 25-year-old from yeah. getting his head bent. He's an 18-year-old. Yeah. This boy... A guy that doesn't know. Some guy that just thought, I'm not going to let this happen. Yeah, he's out there protecting someone. And I go, well, okay, mate. He tells me the whole story. I yeah. The thing. I talk to the bloody... The, the guy who runs the place. And it happened to be a mate of mine yeah. which helped. <laughs> and he told me the story. And I go well. Like actually, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good quality. Out, so. so that's what I'm saying. Like you, you it's it's interesting. Um, anyway, look, we could talk about these things for ages. I, the, the, let me just tell you this last bit about the AFL saying, which I found really quite uh, putting off when I was at the footy manager's role. So all of a sudden, what's happened is that the AFL will also uh, play a major role, and they need to about the the. the um, Let's call it the uh, state of the game. Yeah. You know. And have that a so lot lately, haven't yeah, we? Yeah. And it bothers me a bit because what would happen is, and I had a number of incidents, let's just talk about a player who um, gets done for drink driving, mm. right? Now, none of us condone drink driving, mm. but when you've got a 19-year-old kid, um, he might make it blue. Mm. He, he doesn't... It's not, it's not done with an intent. It's not done with a malice. He literally is driving from his mate's place to his house, which is two blocks away, He's had five beers and he's gone over And he's a bit. just over. Yeah. It's not blind point three On there. a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And you go, righto. Now, the AFL, and I hope you're listening, <laughs> they'll throw you under the bus yeah. every single time because all they're worried about is the image of the game and all the rest of it. Whereas my concern would be firstly for the player, even before the club. Yeah. Because the player, he's going to deal with, he has to deal with all the shit that's going to be thrown his way. Mm. And if he's not mentally and, and he's not emotionally capable with it, that, will wipe, that, that he may as well wipe his footy career. Yeah. That, There's a lot of 19-year-olds, aren't there? And I'm telling you, yeah. I'm going to go again at this. The mm. AFL do not protect those players. Mm. They go hard. And then you've got every media agency. You've got everyone that wants to, uh, because it's busy as an AFL player, they want to make it a headline and... and and you're constantly like in an example battle. of him. Yeah. As a, as a, I found as a football manager, I was constantly in a battle with protecting my player and my club against the AFL and yeah. the media. Mm. When everything, when when, it, when anything went a little bit wrong, that, that was just as big a challenge to deal with those two organisations as it was to deal with anything else that you had to because yeah. they generate what happens. Mm. When I stuffed up like that as a twenty year old, what happened? No one, no one fucking knew about it. Half a dozen blokes in this front bar knew about it. Yeah, yeah. and you hope like mad that your mum and dad don't find out. Yeah. yeah. Well, not, not only are your mum and dad going to find out when you're in an AFL system, yeah. but every fucker in the whole bloody planet's going to yeah. find out as well. And and I'm telling you, and all you your haters are going to say, "Told you, he was a dickhead," and, and for no reason. Yeah. yeah. The night the night before uh, I had to go to court, one of the blokes in here spilled their guts to dad. Oh. You going to court? You going to court with Danny tomorrow? Yeah, well, <laughs> he's like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, oh, "For fuck's sake!" Uh, so, you but AFL player doesn't get that luxury to hide that, does he? You know, it's and, just and smashed. I, it. I found, and, and it's probably you know twice as bad these days. 
because of the you know the, the social media platforms as well as mainstream and I just found that side of it um, you know as I said you, you I don't condone it mm. don't know what to do we had, we had, a, we had a situation look let me put it this way when my phone was ringing at three or four in the morning I it was never a fucking good thing yeah never you've won the lotto it was never a good thing <laughs> and that happened a number of times yeah. and, and I remember with Tom Liberatore, who uh, you know he had a um, he, he had a, a situation where he um, experimented with some drugs, mm. and you get a phone call, and you mate, you go into full you know combat, mm. um, and I found that one. That was another one that was kind of a you know it was difficult because uh, what what um, I'm probably going to give a bit too much away here if mm. I talk too much, but it just shitted me off actually because. We were doing everything in our power, absolute power, for all the right him. reasons to make sure the kid was going to be right okay. Yeah. Kid. And, I, and I kind of felt like we were actually fighting against the people that should be supporting yeah. us at times. And I didn't like that. And, I, um, and, I, and I've experienced that a few times. Mm. And that's what it has been for quite a while with the AFL. Yeah. Well, yeah. I understand why, though. Mm. Because do, you know, they've got to be above approach in every yeah. way. And do, they can't do good as in general. Uh, yeah. Mm. And, and, and you don't want your game put into disrepute. I mean, rugby's had a, an issue with it for a long time. So, mm. please, I, I understand it. Can it be done better? Absolutely. Yeah. That's probably my the last piece to it is that I just found, um, you know, in the experience of uh, football, uh, which I feel so, you know, grateful and fortunate to, as I said, forge a career out of it. At that particular time, I I, um, I found it really challenging mm. because I with the game what I, what I knew of the game was I was moving away from a lot more of the hands-on part of footy as a general manager to a lot more compliance and governance and and and, and administrative yeah. parts that were not as enjoyable, mm. um, but that's the nature of the game and uh, and that's where it's got to. So it wasn't wasn't what you kind of. Well, started mate, your career, you, you, you which remember. no one ever's in the same bit that no, they no, start no. with. And, and it's good and bad in all that. You got to yeah. remember when I started off at uh, the Adelaide Footy Club as a recruiting manager, there was no, there was no, there was no John Reid. There was no football manager. Yeah, there was no player welfare manager. Mm. So John Condon was the football manager, and John, myself, Trevor, Jakes, who was the runner, we we all shared in player welfare. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I used to report directly to the board. Yeah, um, you know they. The whole structure's changed. Oh, I was so fortunate. I got to see... You know, when I first started, the minimum salary was 7500 Jesus. 7500 I mean, now now when, when I finished, the minimum the minimum salary was 145000 Now it's 180 or 200 now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I got to see uh, the, the whole industry become professional. I got yeah. to see it merge, emerge from a semi-professional into fully professional... Um, you know, and I got to see that on on different levels. Mm. So I've always felt really privileged. Uh, so I reckon when you were Adelaide, that was probably the last to where you left Adelaide. It was probably the last of the still professional, but you could go have a beer after the game. You could go to the Alma yeah, and, and be all the boys would go to the Alma and suck beers all night. Uh, now you, you, well, I you think s- it was was it in Gary Ayres, time as coach. He didn't want anyone to have other work outside. Yeah, football. That I think was it was Aussie's time. Yeah, yeah, pretty mm. much. Because um, there was one or two that were still c- kind of lingering in that. Uh, the when Tom first started, he was working that printing joint. Remember Ratton's yeah, printing yeah, joint? Right. Yeah, he was yeah. out there for a bit, and yeah. um, that was his second job. And I used to think, 
<laughs> you can have this job for you. You're playing for the Crows now. He's like, well, we're going to go work this other job. But you. like you said, now it is so professional that yeah. uh, you fart and it's, it's scrutinised. And mm. um, that, mate. Cheers. Glad you were on AFL football. Oh, mate. <laughs> you fart on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, um, I must say this has been extraordinary. We could sit here for we could sit here for another two hours talking, but I've only just got started. What are you talking <laughs> about? I got, I got that much more. Up oh, mate. Well, this is this is Fantasia this is, Part One. Then this is Fantasia <laughs> Part One. No, we uh, we'd definitely get you back on again, mate. But. Oh, Thanks. It's, it's a privilege to come on and, and talk with you boys tonight, and I really hope it goes well for you. Um, I think you're onto something doing this. It's 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 a great way of just getting a reach, and, and that, not only that, I think people have an interest and in mm. a bit of an insight that you don't normally get. Um, as long as none of this turns in the mainstream, we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I, a few people have spoken to us already. I said, "Oh, do you like the podcast?" And they say, "Yes." It's 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 just like sitting at a bar yeah, talking shit. Like, yeah. Beautiful. That's well, what we yeah, wanted. Let, and let yeah. me tell you another quick story then. Um, so I, I've formed some great friendships too uh, across the board. So when I moved, two guys that became great friends of mine. And I know it's a bit of name dropping, but I, I tell you the story because it's, this is what That's happened. Not name dropping. You've been in the industry um, for <laughs> thirty <laughs> years. So Craig Hutchison and, and Liam Pickering, who are great mates of mine. Um, Mind you, Pickers is so much taller than I thought. Yeah, he's a I got in a lift with him. I was like, "Holy yeah, shit!" Strong man. Yeah, I mean, he won a best and fairest at Geelong. Yeah, uh, in, in the in the golden era. Yeah, in a pretty good in a time. Pretty good time. Yeah, um, but they 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 seriously good friends. I mean, I'm talking like I'm over their place, you know, once twice a week yeah. for years. I would sit there, and I'm not joking. Like this, we'd just be talking. I'd, my ribs would be, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be laughing that hard. And now, and they've got a radio show that's yeah. now off the bench that's been going for what five or six years, and it's the, I think it's the Great one listen. number one rating yeah. show in yeah. Melbourne on Saturday mornings. We get it now here on SEN. Yeah. That 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 that, that convo that. that that way they go about it, mate. That was this. This That's is how this. they started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hutch is a genius, of course. But oh, mate! Of, it's of um, every pres- SNFL president's lunch I ever went to at Footy Park, Hutchie was the best guest speaker, oh, uh, and that was a long time before yeah. like every everyone knew of oh, him then really was, yeah. as a, yeah. as the bloke that got sacked by Channel Seven um, for yeah. calling Eddie had the Grand Canyon. Oh, and, oh that's and, right. And, yeah. and, that's right. Yeah. Mo- most of the people they knew him as the bloke that Channel right? Seven said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well. and I remember hearing him in this lunch, and he said, "You know, I could get on a plane today. I spend most of my year, some of my year in the US, some of my year here. Mm. I could get on a plane today, not have an appointment, and by the time I get off that plane, I'd have an appointment yeah. set up yeah. to yeah. interview 12. Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, that's no that's worries at all. Yeah. He said, Star. I can't get an interview with Gary Ablett Jr." <laughs> His girlfriend's worked for me for three years. And and he said that yeah, day... And Pickers, is, and Pickers is his best mate. Yeah. He's his, it's well, his manager. manager. <laughs> and he said... And he said and, it's the club, not, and the, he said, not the And he said, we, until the players are professional, they're not going to do any better. And I, I remember it yeah. sat me with me well, that day and I thought, yeah. this bloke's full on. He is full on. And not only that, he, he's a very big one. I mean, because he, um, yeah, he spent a bit of time in America now and he, he's all for the... A much more open approach to mm. it, and he thinks it has a, uh, a much stronger benefit on, on on a number of levels, which I tend to agree with him. Yep. Um, we just probably it just takes. A, I think it's a step process, though. I don't think you can just go straight out uh, having those over the top personalities as mm. well. You've got to be able yeah. to you know measure. Oh, it. and this is a long, long time ago. Yeah, like yeah he's like been at like it for Mac- a long time. Ma- Ma- yeah. Maxie was still the uh, president of the SNFL at the time. Yeah, so yeah. it's okay. 
But yeah, no, they're, they're interesting guys. I mean, I, I've, um, I've, look, that, that's, I've enjoyed watching that, those guys, for example, my mm. friends, and, and how they've progressed in what they're doing, and, and Hutchie in particular. I mean, I, I couldn't be. I'm really proud of Hutchie. He's yeah. just amazing what he's done, and um, yeah, and I feel privileged that we've been mates for thirty All this years. time. You know, Beautiful. so yeah. One final one before we close off. Um, does it is it something you know? He said that you don't have favourites like that, but. Someone like Simon, who you picked out, you guys picked out from South under 19s. I don't think he was playing mm. league at the time. Mm. To now see him coaching oh, Melbourne, it's bloody amazing. You've gone from the guy that could have been a cricketer that <laughs> shouldn't have been drafted was picked yeah. up in your pre-season draft. Yeah. Well, remember that Simon to, lived with me for a couple now, of months as well, yeah. for about six months. Um, look, let me let me put it this way: one of the greatest gifts you get out of any sport, I think, uh, is the friendships that you make. Mm. Um, I just just so happened that we, you know, um, he's no spring chicken now either. Uh, him and that group in particular. If I had a favourites, they're mm. they're my favourites yeah. because it was my first year. Yeah. Um, Goody and um, uh, Sugar, uh, in particular, those two guys are drafted in that first year. Yeah. They, they became great friends of mine, mm. um, which I'm really proud of more about that than, than yeah. anything else. But uh, oh, yeah, it was it's it, that was a start. So yeah. you kind of they're your special ones. They they mean a bit. Um, I, look, I, I'm more, to, to be honest, at the end of the day, I'll let other people make decisions about, you know, whether you play 100 games, 200 games, if that's good or bad. I, all I know is that I didn't me- I didn't draft too many dickheads. Yeah. Mm. Most of them are really good blokes. Mm. Um, and ones that didn't make it, I still catch up with today. Yeah. You know, I, I think of Barrow's thing. Oh, Barrow's thing. We, Barrow's. we spoke hey, about him. The first, uh, the first, we spoke about it on the week by accident. Yeah. The first Indian yeah. yeah. drafted. And, and, and look, he didn't, he didn't make it. Do you know what he's doing with his life? He's just a... Yeah, I read a, about him he's recently. A, he's amazing. Yeah. And I, and I, he, we, we spoke about this in the last podcast. Yeah. You know, I get a few of those that? guys uh, that, that, that keep in touch with you and, and reach out to you as yeah. well. And I, that, that to me is what um, sport's all about. Mm. Having associations with people's all about. You know, it's, it's great to succeed, but at the end of the day, it's a game. Mm. Please don't forget it's a game. Mm. Um, uh, mind you, I, I want to win every game I'm ever involved in, whether it be Marvels or bloody anything. <laughs> yeah. and, and most of the people that I'm around are that, that wide. And, and so uh, it's, it's more for me about... Uh, the satisfaction comes from just making really good friendships yeah. and, and seeing people grow. Mm. I've got a kick out of that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's... I can imagine as a recruiter, that's the thing you see yeah. most, is you seeing the growth. People, and, yeah, you know. invest in people, exactly. And that's, that's a great thing, and... Um, now I've got great hair, so I'm getting a bit older and I've got to really appreciate it all. <laughs> well, Fanta, uh, mate, thanks for coming on. Uh, very Thank you very honourable to have a big name as you come on as our first guest. That's uh, our that, fancy, but uh, hopefully a lot of people out there get a bit of an insight into recruiting and, and what it was involved in. And, and uh, yeah, we've enjoyed talking, mate. Thanks no. a lot. I hope Beautiful. I get the chance of coming back. So yeah, yeah so no. I'll listen Dep- with interest as well. <laughs> we'll definitely have you back. Thanks, mate. mate. Right, take care. Thanks, Fanta. Cheers, mate. Hooray, folks. All the best. Thanks, folks, for listening. Cheers.